Hey everyone, before we get into today's episode, I just want to say thank you so much for subscribing to the show and for sharing with others on social media. All right, let's do this. Hi everyone, I'm Joey Fight, and I'm the founder of thephysicaleducator.com and you are listening to The Phys Ed Show, a podcast for physical education teachers who care deeply about creating effective, meaningful experiences that ultimately empower their students to get the most out of life. I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for taking time to out of your insane schedule these days to tune in and learn alongside me here. In today's episode, I'll be sitting down to shoot the breeze with the one and only Kyle Bright. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about PhysEdU, which is the physicaleducator.com's professional growth community. Listen, teaching PE can be lonely and trying to grow your capacity for designing and delivering effective physical education experiences is no easy task. I launched PhysEdU with the intention of creating a space in which physical educators can engage in open and honest professional conversations, ask vulnerable questions, and share experiences from their teaching without having to worry about whether or not others were going to judge them for it. PhysEdU members get to participate in exclusive workshops, access high quality professional content, and discover innovative resources that can help them take their teaching to the next level. And all of this is complemented by an incredible community of passionate educators that you can engage with 24 seven, regardless if you're at your computer on the desktop platform or on the go through the platforms app. If you want to learn more, check out thephysicaleducator.com slash membership. Again, that's thephysicaleducator.com slash membership. All right, let me tell you a little bit more about today's guest. Kyle Bragg is an incredible physical educator out of Scottsdale, Arizona. If you follow the phys ed hashtag on Twitter, then there's no doubt that you've definitely caught glimpses into Kyle's teaching already. Kyle does an incredible job of sharing best practices and insights from his teaching and lately has been doing all of this through his ICIH hashtag, which stands for in case it helps, which kind of tells you what kind of guy Kyle is. Now, what you may not realize is that Kyle is a highly accomplished educator. Not only is he a national board certified teacher, Kyle is also the recipient of multiple teaching awards, including the Arizona Health and Physical Education 2018 Elementary Teacher of the Year the organization's 2019 Innovative Teacher of the Year, and he was also recognized as Shape America's National Elementary Teacher of the Year for the year 2021. What drew my attention to Kyle's work was the way that he approaches his teaching with such an incredible amount of love and care. This is something that we get into during our conversation, as well as some of the innovative practices that Kyle has adopted over the years. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Kyle Bragg. All right, so... I'm here with Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing? Really good, Joey. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to this one. Kyle, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this. I just want to say, we were kind of talking about before we started recording, I'm obviously a huge fan of yours, and I just so appreciate everything that you do in terms of um, advocating on behalf of physical education and trying to raise the bar for physical education, but also just showing people how to leave from like your, your true like authentic self. So like, 
But we're just saying, like, I, I really just, I was looking forward to just sitting down and having a conversation with you. I hope that we're able to have a ton of fun with this, and I hope that anybody listening gets a lot of value of it. I have no doubt that they will, just because of your your pedigree and what you bring to the table. Um, but I'm just really appreciative that you made the time for this, and that we get to, to share this with others. So I'm um, diving in here. Like, I, I'm curious. So I, I want to know, like, how did how did Kyle Bragg decide to become a teacher? What what was that kind of journey like at the start of your career? Yeah, so I'm always trying to think about how I can best make an impact um, with the most amount of people. My mom was a teacher. I saw how she made an impact. She came home, yes, very exhausted, but very proud of what she did. And um, she she just seemed like she was doing what she was meant to do. And I saw that happiness, and I wanted to do that. And I tried to figure out which way I wanted, to, which kind of realm I wanted to do for teaching, where I want to teach. And I landed on physical education because. Um, I just think it's super important, um, you know, teaching the whole child. Um, I'm already pretty skilled at many of the things, so kind of a natural fit. But um, I love now that I'm learning recently, I can embed all these little things to maximize learning and just making sure they're better human beings too. So um, it's pretty cool that PE is, uh, that content kind of allows itself for that. Yeah, I think too, like one of the beauties of, of being a, a physical education teacher in the school is that opportunity to connect with so many kids in the school and and like people underestimate like how great it is and how magical it is to actually get to watch kids grow up um you know we were talking before like i'm subbing and I'm, I'm in the classroom right now getting my my toes back into the teaching waters and whatnot and it's great and like you know like in the classroom like you know the kid for that one year um but as a specialist, you get to see them year over year you get to build on things he talked about in previous years you get to 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 allow relationships to kind of to like develop and flourish. So uh, it's a pretty magical thing. I, th I feel like people think we're crazy for doing it. <laughs> um, uh, I definitely, I definitely get a lot of that, but I do think it's a pretty magical thing to be able to, uh, to go in and, and connect with kids at that level and, and watch them grow. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about, talking about today, actually just about like, you know, I'd like to be really honest with them and very blunt and say, you know, why I became a teacher and I not necessarily get the most money, but I wanted to make a big impact. And I can literally see, I was telling my fifth graders, the impact that we're making together. I'm hopefully making them better people, but in turn, they are allowing me to, you know, see world in a different way. And they can, uh, I'm becoming more happy because of them putting smiles on my face because, you know, we just kind of have this back and forth where it's a win-win and it's such a rewarding job. And I wanted to um, let them know that we're on the same team. Like we're, we're in this together um, so I want them to be successful. I, I love watching their progress over the years, especially when it comes to maturity and like, you know, obviously gaining physical skills are awesome, but seeing how they mature and how they handle different situations. And uh, I'm just very, very proud of them. And once they kind of know that I'm with them, I care about them. I notice those little things. They're willing to work even harder for you. So we had a good conversation today about that. That's amazing. Um, speaking about that impact. So so you've obviously got like an awesome pedigree here. You've got a ton of awards to your name, obviously like at the state level, at the national level. Uh, and I think that, you know, when we when we hear about teachers that come with those kinds of credentials and whatnot, we think, oh, they must be such an impactful teacher. But for impact to be something that actually drives you, um, I think is something that's that's pretty special. So when would you say was like the first time that you really like i guess you were you kind of mentioned it about being your mom but personally in your own teaching when would you say was like the first time that you kind of realized like hey i could have like a much bigger impact on these kids than just like you know teaching them games or helping them develop skills and whatnot like was there any kind of like aha moment where you're like 
you know, I might, I might be able to like do a lot more of this than I originally thought I could. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of just gradually over time, you know, I, as you probably heard, I heard I've been cut twice. Um, I've been denied the college. I, I tried to get into a college golf program. They deny me. I basically reapplied, took the ACT again, uh, got finally got accepted, became all conference, all this kind of stuff. So I had through my parents, the, that, that grit, that drive. And I wanted to instill that into my students as much as possible because I know the impact that it made. I could have easily given up and none of this would have happened. I wouldn't have been in front of them today. And I told them that because I persevered, I'm a lot, now, now we have this relationship together. I'm, I'm able to be here. So they see that all these awards, the kids, but they don't see this other stuff. And I think it's important for them to, to understand where I came from and how it's not all going to be, you know, flowers and roses in, in life. So you're going to have to push through. And we, that's why we talk about mantras. And so just showing that I'm a human being, we all, you know, go through things. We're in this together um, to teach them how to talk nicely about themselves. Like when we talk about being respectful, it's not just to others. It's to equipment. It's to yourself. We do a lot of mantras. Um, so just seeing the impact that it's made on my life, it's just really, really rewarding to be able to pass it on because as we know, not every kid has that the, that family there. They might even have family at all, honestly. So uh, I know every kid deserves it, but I know not every kid has it. And that's my opportunity to deliver that message, but still in a way that we're getting things um, done as far as physical activity and physical education. We're just embedding them within acti activities. And that just comes down to intentionally planning and, and making sure you maximize everything. So when people hear, sometimes I talk, they think it's just SEL. Well, it's SEL within other within certain lessons. So it just maximizes it all. Yeah, I think that's like one of the key things that I learned um, when I was trying to, to build my capacity with, with SEL is that, you know, I, I feel like early on in my career when I would do that kind of work. So if we're doing like character education or anything like that, before kind of SEL kind of blew up and, and became its, its own thing. Um, I always thought of it like, like, you know, we're going to be doing like a unit on like cooperation games, or we're going to be doing like a, a leadership unit, or we're going to be doing a couple lessons on like, um, on empathy or whatever it may be. And there was always like these standalone things. And then what I, what I learned through like mentors like Carl Mercury and, and, and reading, um, uh, like Mark Brackett's work and, and, and Brene Brown's work as well as like, like all, like the, this emotional stuff that we tend to like compartmentalize and like put like in these like little, like, like cubes throughout the year. Like it's, it's all part of like our total experience. Like everything we do is going to involve emotion is going to affect us at an emotional level in some way, shape or form. Um, and it just becomes embedded. So it's so important to be able to, to bake, uh, like bake those SEL approaches into like, uh, the DNA of whatever, uh, in, into the DNA of our pedagogy. So when I see the approaches that you use and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to dig too deep on the SEL stuff. Although like, that's kind of mm -hmm. what I, 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 I'd love to get into that. And I know that people listening would love to hear some tactics and some specific strategies, but I know that there's a lot more to you than just that as well. But I am, I am curious because I find that from the small, tiny Twitter size window that I have into your teaching, um, I, I just love the way that you approach it. It just feels like it's so ingrained into your program, into your approach and into what I can tell from your, your classroom cultures. Now, I also know that like, 
you know, some teachers, they, they've got it. They, they, they're able to bring that selves out, that, that aspect of themselves out into their teaching. And I, I kind of get a feeling that you kind of fall into that, that category of teacher. But I also recognize that there are specific things that you are doing in your teaching that are like approaches that you learned that you acquired and everything. So how did you kind of get to this place today in your teaching where SEL plays such like a prominent role in, in your, in your approach and in your program. And what were, I guess, what were some of like the key, um, capacities or resources that help you get to where you are right now? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have a lot of people I communicate with regularly, but honestly, it's just, I create a lot of the stuff cause well, I take that back. There's like 10 different resources I use and then I pull a little bit from each one and then I put my own spin on it. So my gymnastics lesson today might look a little bit different than everyone else's, but we're still doing similar activities, but the conversations are different and the focus from students is different. Um, so I'm just trying to set them up to where I always compliment things that everyone is capable of doing. So that kind of levels the playing field. So I'm not going to compliment someone on how many cartwheels they can do necessarily. It's more about, you know, are you, um, so I have this poster. It says um, seven qualities that require zero talent and being prepared is on there. Having a good attitude, having um, good body language, facial expression. We talk about that a lot. Anyone can do that. It's a choice. Whereas cartwheels, obviously not everyone's physically capable of doing that many. So what I like to do is just highlight as many things that everyone is capable of doing. And then people that maybe are, a little bit apprehensive to come to PE, maybe they don't feel as skilled, they're going to know that um, they can still be successful. Like the other day we were playing volleyball and I was highlighting the people that were like in the best ready position because we talked about that and they were able to be more successful than some of the kids that had more experience because they thought they just knew it all. So I was just praising the heck out of those kids and the, the talents, the really experienced uh, skilled volleyball players were like, you could tell they're like, what the heck, you know? So then they started being in the ready position. So just highlighting things that everyone's capable of doing, which makes kind of everyone feel like more emotionally comfortable, I would say. Yeah. Would you say that's because it like, it makes success like um, attainable for everyone when you're able to like focus on the criteria that like are, are like, are, are not necessarily um, driven by like by ability or skill? Yeah. And like, you know, you can look at it several different ways, right? So it makes it less stressful for me, right? It, they're behaving better. Um, they're getting more activity in because their transitioners are really good. Like, you know, I've, this year I've been really focused on interactive modeling and just practicing routines over and over again um, and praising the heck out of the people that are doing it and just making sure we just maximize their time. So it's less stressful on me. They're getting more activity time because we teach how to teach kids how to teach each other. They're learning, you know, how to be that leader, how to be empathetic to understand some people are not as skilled as you. And then they're actually um, the less skilled kids are learning at a faster rate, which because of the culture we kind of set up. So it's just like a win, 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 like no matter what, how you look at it. Right. And then, you know, we were talking about earlier, like gymnastics, that gives other people a chance to shine. Right. So maybe they were helped in basketball by a skilled basketball player. And now their turn to chance, a ch chance to shine. They're helping people how to do, you know, the mule kicks and all this kind of stuff. So um, I just think it, it's just it helps in every in every scenario you can think of as far as just building community that people are helping each other and 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 making sure they're, um, you know, doing the right things that feels good. We do that a lot. We talk about how doing the right thing should feel good, mm. uh, regardless of if you get a compliment or not. So 
I'm just sorry. I just thought about this as I was no, no. I was talking. <laughs> like uh, I was like, okay, so let's because we we do this thing called secret admirer, and we yeah, draw yeah. a name, and we draw a name, and then so um, you know, obviously, it feels good to both give and receive a compliment. But then we talked about how let's say nobody gives you a compliment, and I related to my principal. She doesn't always come into my room. If I don't get a compliment, first of all, I can't control that, right? What other people say or don't say. So if I don't get one, I can still be proud myself, okay? So I'm going to be respectful of myself and know I'm going to walk out of here with pride, with my shoulders back, my full heart. So I told them to think of their artwork, their best artwork they've ever done. And I asked them if a sticker would make it amazing or is it already amazing as it is, okay? So if someone said it was so amazing or if you put a sticker on it, would it really add that much? And they're like... Mm. No, because I'm already really proud of it. So don't expect a sticker. Don't, in other words, if no one gives you a compliment, you are still proud of what you just did. Uh, sometimes I talk about ice cream sandwich or ice cream sundae. Your hard work is an ice cream sundae. And then if someone compliments you, it's a little sprinkles and a cherry on top. But are, is ice cream still good without the sprinkles and cherries? Yes. So you are in charge of your happiness. You, the, the feeling that you get when you do something really, really well, as far as you know, you're proud of yourself. The confidence you get you get from it, no one can take that away from you. Versus a compliment, you're relying on external factors that you have no control over. Yeah, I can say this as somebody who has spent most of my life trying to seek recognition. Um, it's definitely something that <laughs> can, can rob you of a ton of happiness and a ton of joy and whatnot. Um, but I also think it's important, you know, the earlier we can we can help others and the earlier that our, ourselves we can learn what is within our control and be able to focus on that i don't know if like have you ever read the seven habits of highly effective people uh, I, well, my, my last school was a seven habits school so oh yeah. sweet okay but, yeah so yeah so like i feel like the seven habits is like like um should be like mandatory reading for all human beings on the mm -hmm. planet uh and just like the idea of like like your your circle of influence your circle uh, and focusing on that circle where you're able to actually have that control um and then how when we pour our energy into that circle of influence as opposed to like the the things that that affect us and everything that's in the world but that we don't actually have any control or influence on how that allows us to like grow our power right allows us to like like grow that inner strength um because it's so easy especially when you're teaching little kids you know they get so caught up and, and at certain ages like not all ages i think the little ones are they're all uh, egomaniacs. <laughs> they're not necessarily paying attention to anything that's going on. But like, you know, by the time late grade two, grade three, they start comparing themselves to others and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, other people's uh, behaviors can really affect them, especially like in, in, in when it has to do with how they feel about themselves. So being able to teach those lessons early on can just mm -hmm. help them grow that resilience that they're going to need when they face that and be able mm -hmm. to celebrate themselves. I think that's, that's a, a beautiful lesson to teach. When you introduce these mantras that you have in class, so either like the, um, the posters or the mantras that you're kind of, what does that process look like? Because I, I use a ton of visuals in my teaching. Uh, like, like you've seen the visuals like that I created for the gym and they're up there. And I always tried to, I always try to introduce them like at the right time and then so that we're able to refer to them when when we when I know we're going to need them. But I'm curious kind of like well, how do you decide what to bring into your gym and then how does it how do you introduce you to your students and how does it become part of your teaching from there? I don't know if you have like a an example you can use the one that you're you know, that you're saying before um the things that 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 require zero talent uh, or anything else that you may have here that that might help out. I'm just I'd love to know that kind of uh, approach you've got. 
Yeah. Um, so we were talking about uh, the seven habits that remind me. We were talking about how it's important to um, you know seek first, understand, then be mm-hmm. understood. So we're listening, and that's part of our being a communicator, uh, one of our IB words. We're IB, IB school now. So um, being a good communicator involves being a good listener and, and also recognizing what people are going through emotionally, right? So being able to be uh, uh, know what people are going through emotionally, maybe their face looks a different way. So if I know, notice, Joey, that you're sad because we have pictures of people's emotions on the on – the, um, on the wall. So they're, they prep in, in warmups, for example, they practice, okay, is this person look sad or I don't know, like angry. And they would do the exercise for sad if there was a sad face. Okay. So being able, uh, to, to teach them, we're not going to one up people when we're having conversations. Cause I hear people, Oh, we get to go to ice cream three times. Oh yeah. My dad lets us go four times. You know, so <laughs> we're not having this one up conversation where, Oh, okay. We're, I teach them how to do follow-up questions. So if someone said, we're going to get ice cream, you'd say, okay, what's your favorite flavor? And then, you know, peppermint. Oh, and then we, we go like this. Oh, connection. I love peppermint too. And because you asked a follow-up question, you're trying to get to know more about them. You're developing a friendship because you stop thinking about yourself and you ask more questions, right? Just like we don't ever ask, did you win? Because that ends the conversation immediately. They're really proud to tell you how awesome they did. And I ruined the conversation by saying, did you win? Now they don't want to tell me about their hit that they got because I, I thought too much about the results, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but about other, other posters, we have a bunch of your stuff, <laughs> whole body listening. We reference a lot. Um, just being a good, uh, having that role model on the, on the board so they can see, cause it's so impactful. They got to, um, it's, it just helps so much when they're listening. Cause then they don't have to, to, we don't have to waste too much time discussing it because they're listening so well the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk the Captain Pete. Why? Why do we have PE? It's a huge advocacy tool. It motivates the heck out of students because you know gymnastics. Okay, they might not love it, but don't you think that arm strength and that leg strength while holding those poses are going to help you be a better football player, basketball player? So just relating whatever we're doing to what they love uh, through that intentional planning and having those. Uh, posters on the on the board so they can see that um, you know components of fitness we from Captain Pete we talk about a lot and and I have them do one two three so today we were doing some um, uh, royal tumble from Randy Spring basically they have flags and they're crawling around trying to pull flags okay. and I said one two three um, so how much cardio is involved in this game and they gave a three because they're exhausted how much uh, muscular endurance three um, how much balance three right. Don't you think those are important in whatever you love to do? So just motivating them and, and connecting them to either what they love or just real life situations. We were talking about reaction time. That was a three because you have to react quickly to get away. And then we compare it to, let's say you're driving down the street and some car pulls in your lane and you have to react quickly to get out of the lane. So just just connecting it to everyday activities. Um, Barb Borden's uh, partner acceptance levels are, are referenced all the time. So we, t- we, so all these things we talked about at the can, beginning of the can year. Can you, can you just, wh- the partner acceptance levels, cause I've seen you share this before. Can you kind of break that down a little bit just in terms of what it is and then how, how mm-hmm. it gets referenced? Yeah. So we, we go over this, all this kind of routine stuff, these posters at the beginning of the year and we reference them when we see fit. Usually most classes we reference at least one or two of these, but, um, the accept- partner acceptance levels going back to the communicator piece um, when they, we dojo partners a lot, so random partners, they hardly ever pick because that's important to be open-minded in my opinion and develop new friendships, right? Um, so they'll get their partners picked on the board. So they'll see who they're, they're with and, but we'll practice before we do this. So I'll say, pretend your partners, you see your partners with Joey and level four is like, I, we do a silent cheer, like we fist bump, but we're like silently screaming, you know, with a big, really big, happy face. So Joey, now that I did that, you see that I just had that reaction when you 
saw that we were partner that when I saw that we were partners. So you're obviously going to be motivated and excited to play because of what I brought to the table as far as my reaction towards you. Three is the same thing, just maybe not screaming, just kind of like smiling, thumbs up. Two is like that, like you can kind of think of, I guess, type attitude, which obviously, you know, words can hurt, emotion, um, reactions can hurt. Um, and then one, just refusal. I don't think I've ever seen one, to be honest. But there are sometimes those twos, right? Because, you know, yeah. you want to be with your best friends. But at the same time, that's not necessarily how life is going to work, right? I talk to them all the time. I, I have my really best friends in the school and some people I'm not friends with, but I'm going to respect everyone and consider everyone's feelings. And and maybe I can find that one or two um, things through questions, right? So we're going to ask questions to get to know people. Maybe I find a couple connections and then I can build that relationship, right? So we pray. So going back to what everyone's capable of doing, everyone's capable of positively reacting. It doesn't take any superhero power. Um, so we practice. I'll say, you know, okay, how about pretend that your partner's with Ezra? And everyone's like, yeah, Ezra. And then so now they've practiced it, and I'm praising the people that are doing it. And then once they really see it, we put it on the screen, on the projector, and then they're excited to work with each other. They're already in that positive state of mind where learning comes more natural, easier because of them in the right state of mind uh, yeah. emotionally. So it's really, really cool. Um, we show videos of, you know, it's in that resource. There's a video of um, just kind of, kind of like different, you know, Toy Story and kind of things that so they can see characters that they know and they can connect the levels well. And and just, you know, praising that throughout the year is, is, is pretty cool. And they, they do it. They love it. No, I, I, I think it's so valuable to do that. I, I wonder, have you ever seen a, in the... Um, it was in uh, when I was doing research on the ruler tools. Um, there was talk about uh, my best self, and I th I put together like a, a a sheet in in the ruler tools for that. And the my best self sheet is basically like at the start of the year, the kids like sit down and basically describe what their best self is like. And it's like, how does my best self treat others? How does my best self make other people feel? How do other people feel about my best self? And how does my best self like what would my best self do um in a in a like in a conflict or in a situation that i created um and i think like having that kind of seed planted or like having that target in mind uh makes it so much easier than when you're doing this kind of work when you're having students practice these things and talk about like how are you going to react to your partner how are you what are you going to say to like uh, what kind of follow-up question you're going to ask how are you going to be a good community all these things i think there's like when when you have that end goal in mind what happens that like all these opportunities they just become um they become reps Right. Like you're just you're just putting your reps like you're putting your reps on like accepting others. You're putting your reps on being a good communicator like you're you're doing that, but you're working towards a goal. You're not doing it because your your teacher's telling you this, is how you should do it. You're doing it because you want to become this best version of yourself that you've defined and you get to put in practice uh, as you or you put, get to put in these reps as you work towards that. Um, I don't know if you've if you've done anything like that with, with this best self or if it's something that they that they work through the IB program. But. I know that like with teachers that I've worked with, it's been a pretty powerful practice. And um, as I'm getting back into teaching, especially it's something I'm looking forward to, to bringing in. But I just see like so many things that you're currently doing that would like fit right in with having that kind of goal in mind. Yeah, I, I would love to look into that more. We talk a lot about um, thinking about your best PE day ever and, you know, how you what your mindset was going in, um, how you push through challenges what made it so great as far as your attitude? 
maybe it was the way you got along with someone. Um, uh, and then comparison is the thief of joy to others, right? So understanding that we're not sage. So we're not going to pretend like we're sage. Sage does her thing. I do my thing. I can learn from her, but I'm not trying to be like her, right? I want to be my best self. So I'm thinking back to that one day that was amazing or my best day. Um, so we talk about like, let's say you're doing a three-point contest with Steph Curry and you're playing against him in the first time you make one and he out of 10 and he makes five out of 10. And then the next time you make two out of 10 and he makes five out of 10 again, how are you going to feel? And then they kind of like back and forth. They talk. Then we talk about, okay, well, did we get better? Yes, we did. Can we control what Steph Curry does? No. <laughs> so we can be proud of ourselves for one, accepting the challenge against an NBA basketball player and not backing down. Two, for learning from him, right? He might have had a good tip on this, on the form that you watched. So being observant to see what, what makes him successful and three, seeing improvement, right? Whether it's form or results, um, but but knowing that you're not comparing yourself to Steph Curry, you're comparing yourself to when you started. You're learning from Steph, and then maybe you can help Steph Curry with his gymnastics or whatever the case may be. So I'll definitely look into that uh, resource, though, for sure. Um, what's the youngest grade that you teach? Uh, kindergarten through fifth. Okay, so you teach K through five. It'd be awesome to see how, like... Uh, K K's a little young, but maybe you could do with grade one. But I'm trying to think of like students who haven't experienced your teaching before. So like do have them reflect on that like at the start of the year and then have them do that same reflection at the end of the year and see like the different answers that get added to it based off of like what they've learned about what it means to be like a good person, what it means to be a good like, classmate, what it means to be a good citizen, whatever it may be through like this phys ed program. Like it'd be cool to see how like which lessons stuck with which kids and how like how those things carry forward. I mean, you could do it with like any grade. I'm just saying it's like, you know, if you're teaching K through five, you're there, they've experienced a lot of your teaching. So there might not be a huge difference from uh, the start to the end, depending on because a lot of those lessons carry through so many years. Um, but that'd be an awesome thing. Uh, have you, have I, you done that? That sounds awesome. Have you done that in your space? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> I literally just thought of that now. <laughs> um, Hey, I want, you mentioned a little bit uh, uh, about advocacy uh, before. I know that when I started teaching at my last school, I was coming in with a very different approach uh, than the teacher that was there before me. And a lot of my approach, you know, involved uh, talking about big picture, talking about what it means to be a good person, um, building up those kinds of uh, capacities as we, as we learn in phys ed. And, you know, like for a lot of students, um, they embraced it and some students did not and a lot of parents really embraced it and i remember especially like in my first two years of school some parents definitely did not and i'm curious uh, when parents hear about all the the character kind of development work that you're doing in physical education do you ever have any issues in terms of and maybe not now because you said you've been at the school for seven years right but mm -hmm. i do you ever have any issues in terms of parents not fully understanding like the purpose of your program and maybe being like, well, why aren't we just playing sports and why can't my play, kid play football and like stuff like that? Like, I'm sure you get that sometimes. Okay. Like we're, we're all going to get that, mm -hmm. uh, those kinds of discussions at times, but have you ever had any kind of pushback in terms of your approach? And if so, were you able to, um, to kind of convince those parents that the approach you're taking is, is indeed impactful and having a positive impact on their kids. 
That's a good question. There's there's one that comes to mind. <laughs> um, I was actually asking because she was like publicly like on social media saying stuff stuff, and I remember I asked a few of my friends like how I responded to that, and then um, a couple of them said you know screenshotted the uh, shape national standards for working together uh, standard four, mm-hmm. and you know so it does belong, and I'm using it in a way that is also helping every other standard one, two, three, all of them. So it's within that lens and it is, it's always been a standard, right? We've always had this in PE. Um, but I do want to, to mention that it's, so that's what I share. Cause that's what I feel like, you know, kind of in need a little bit, especially after the pandemic, but there's still so many other things that I'm going to start sharing, I think, cause, um, like transitions and, and motivational tactics and, and probably problem solving things, kind of SEL, but also there's more to it. So I don't want to be in this like box yeah. or, you know, yeah. Um, because I think there's other things that, you know, I've learned from so many people. Remember, I'm not coming up with the stuff. I've collaborated with some awesome people. So um, that work really well with my students. And that's kind of why I wanted to share the, I did a hashtag ICIH in case it helps. So yeah. I'm just sharing random that. tips that have been super helpful to my kids. And I've gotten some great feedback and that's awesome. And, and at Shapes Conference in Seattle this year, I, presented four times and I got some, some great feedback. So that's rewarding to me because I feel like I'm making a bigger impact. And then that's going back to the advocacy piece, you know, helping justify programs throughout the country because they've seen things that I'm doing. So we use class dojo a lot. I said um, to get partners, but we also use it to share with parents what we're doing. So I'll get a video each day and I'll share the highlights of the vocabulary, whatever we're doing so they can watch that together. So create a, a happy moment together and then the parents can ask follow-up questions to have a transfer of settings, multiple opportunities to talk about things instead of saying, you know, how is PE good? You know, oh, tell me about uh, tell me about open-minded. Well, it sounds like you're open-minded today. Tell me about that. And then um, so then they just kind of get reinforced to these topics more. So there's extended learning, right? So um, just inviting people. People can come. A lot of people have been coming lately to watch to watch teach, whether it's uh, admin or other teachers in our district and. You know, I think it's great. I think it's great. I'd love to watch others teach. Um, you know, I, I love watching um, Tom Winecki. He has a bunch of uh, videos on YouTube, Ben Landers. I mean, I've learned from people that are vulnerable to share. And I think that's why it's it's so, uh, since it's been so important for me to kind of share what's going on and what works in case it helps with someone else. Yeah, I, um, I'm totally going to get this wrong. But if I remember when Andy Vasley was teaching in uh, China, I believe he got together with it was something like he got together with two other teachers and they they were all in the school and they all taught um a lesson but it was all the same lesson to like the same grade or something um and they got to see how each of them would approach the lesson because when the content's the same then you're really seeing like how the approach falls in right and so interesting kind of seeing like that so let's let's shift gears a bit let's kind of talk about the your um your your focus these days on on uh promoting best practices and helping teachers figure out uh, how to, to maximize learning in their classroom. Um, how, okay, here's the question. How would you say your teaching today is different than what it was three years ago? And three years ago is weird because three years ago, let's, let's say like <laughs> a lot has happened in the past three years. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. so sure you're aware, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. how, how do you, what would you say like are the biggest changes that you are aware of 
in your in your teaching approach um, over the let's say five years, okay, so we can kind of factor out the pandemic a bit. Um, uh, and what would you what would you say would be like if you had to like based off of those changes, if you have to get like one tip to teachers who are listening, like what would be like the most like impactful like like practice that they could focus on in their teaching that that you find has had the biggest change over the past five years? Yeah, I would say, you know, I don't want to call it necessarily management, but transitions and, and stop, start, signal, whatever, and then explain why you do that, because it saves them time, right? They get more activity time. Um, it's more fun, right? So, you know, if they don't get it in a certain amount of time, we, we do it again, uh, and we do it. I, I'm very specific. I'll give them like eight seconds, and I'll ask them, is that enough? And they say, usually say yes, or maybe they'll say, how about 10? I'm like, okay, 10. And then we practice, you know, the interactive modeling. We practice how to, so we have someone do it. Um, we talk about what we noticed. Oh, they move quickly, but they didn't touch anything else. Or they uh, went right to their home spot, right? So having a home spot, having a start, stop, praising the fact that they did it, okay? Anyone can, anyone can listen to those directions. Anyone can transition well if you train them, right? Um, so that just saves us so much time. I think that's the biggest feedback when people come, like, how did you get them to go from there to there? Well, we practice it we praise it. Um, we point to where we're going, right? So they have a sense of where they're about to go. So if we're at stations, they point to the next station before they go, right? right? Otherwise they're going to go who knows where. Um, we keep it consistent, like moving around the circle. We always go the same direction. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty consistent. And I would also say like, so just management and just making sure you are maximizing time, but also like relating every activity to a bigger picture, I would say. And, and going back to the why, like we were doing an activity and we were just rolling the hula hoop back and forth. And then I, then we talked about, okay, when the hula hoop's about to fall, that's when your life is maybe going awry. And maybe you're about, maybe you're falling emotionally or physically, whatever. And somebody at the last second scoops you up. And how does that make you feel? Like they helped you when you were in need of it most. And how good it is, how good it feels to help someone when they're not feeling the best or they're going through a tough time. And just that kind of stuff, right? Like, you know, when they get tagged, when they're a foot away from the safe zone, like praise the heck out of that and say, you know what? That's so principled, so honest. You could have easily act, uh, acted like you were safe, but you knew that was the right thing to do, right? So just and then going into how important it is to be honest and all that kind of stuff in, in the real world and just kind of like taking every activity that you do and how can you make it to where it impacts beyond PE? So they're going to take what they learn. They're going to use it in the classroom, in the, in the community, and, and that makes it more you know, purposeful, relevant, and they're, um, so people ask, what did you do in PE? They have a better story to, to tell, right? And so that's what I would say, just because sometimes we just play the game and, and they're they're done with the game. They're like, okay, yeah, we're done with the game. So what? Yeah. Well, so what? We practiced X, Y, and Z that you can translate to that game, to that game. Uh, another thing that comes to mind is like training kids what to do versus what not to do. No puppy guarding. Oh, you mean please give me space? So we'll all practice. Please give me space. Please count to two. And then you can go after me. Um, you know, you cheated. Two reasons why people cheat, in my opinion. We talk about this. They don't understand the rules or um, they're thinking winning is everything. So we talk about how to handle those situations. We role play. We practice it. We model it. We praise it. Um, so just all those little details I'm, I'm rambling on. But I think they're just so important because um, all these things are going to come up. Right. So training kids what to do. Please walk. Not don't run. Right. Please walk. Instead of no hitting, hands to yourself. And we practice that. Hands on knees, whatever the case may be. So being very specific and talk about why, making it relevant, transitions, management, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think, um, okay, so a couple points there. 
the focus on the positive then over the negative, I feel like it it also helps you as a teacher kind of like prime your brain to like look out for the positive as opposed to trying to catch the negative. And that's where like that, like you, you've mentioned praise quite a, uh, quite a bit here. Like that's where like that positive praise becomes so powerful is when you're catching kids doing good because you're, you're, you're cued into it, right? Like you're, you've, you know exactly what you're looking for. You, you've mentioned the behaviors you talked about for your students and you're looking for the, those positive behaviors as opposed to trying to like manage the like negative ones. Um, and I think like, like right now we're doing this field trip thing on phys ed U and, and we're, we're talking about how do you support positive student behaviors as opposed to, I feel like early on in my career it was all about like, how do you manage negative behaviors? Mm-hmm. And when you're so focused on managing negative behaviors, you wind up building this like negative lens, right? Where you're just kind of looking at like everything that's happening through like the negative, you're seeing all the negative things that are happening and you're never cluing into like those, those things like the student being principled and like accepting the fact that they got tagged a foot away from the line um, and choosing to do the right thing, even though nobody may be watching. Uh, so like, I, I, I love, I love that being able to focus on the positive um, as opposed to negative. I'm sure this is a misquote, but I, I, it always comes to mind when talking about this stuff. Like I remember once I read somewhere that like mother Teresa said something along the lines of like, I'll never attend like an anti-war rally, but I'd love to go to a pro peace one. So mm, just trying to like focus you. on, on that positive stuff. Um, and I, we, I, I saw that thread the other day. I put that little graphic together for the, the management stuff and the practice and, and the, the um, um, being able to, like, uh, to the interactive modeling that you're talking about. I feel like, and to this day, it's something I still struggle with because, especially now because I've been out of teaching and I'm getting back into teaching, like, I'm just so excited to be with kids. Like, I'm just pumped. Like, like in the skateboard lessons, like, I'm just fired up to be able to like actually be in that role again and like to be helping kids out with stuff. I have this tendency to always want to like jump to the good stuff. <laughs> like I know, and I know that's not how I should be putting it, but that's, that's kind of what it feels like. It's like, I, I've got these awesome activities planned. Like I want to go out and do it. And I know that that over eagerness has mm-hmm. like caused me problems throughout my career because mm-hmm. the fact that I didn't set that foundation early on earlier you're kind of talking about the grit that you developed through your experience um in in college boring getting to college your, your path to becoming a teacher and whatnot do you think that kind of grit and resilience is what gives you like that mental toughness to kind of like stick with it and continue the practice because i feel like for a lot of teachers it's like okay we did this for two weeks now we're like let's just move on Whereas it's like you, you, you really do like it's something that you need to establish and needs to become the bedrock of your classroom because if you don't have that basic management down, if you don't have those like those those shared understandings, you're going to miss out on so much opportunity throughout the year because you're just going to be like chasing cars. So um, how how do you how do you kind of manage that that eagerness to like get into things, but that all with that understanding of like we need to be taking our time with these things because these are the important things. Uh, just the other day, there was a student that was standing, standing on a scooter and, and we don't do that. And um, a lot of times they'll say, I, I love you so much to allow you to do that. So think about how I said that. So I, I care about them. I obviously don't want them to get hurt. I'm putting it more on them like, so what can we do about this? I, I mean, I love you so much to allow you to do that um, instead of get off, stop doing that, right? Um, so putting it in a way that they see that it's because I care, because some students, I think, unless we communicate this with them, I think some of them, 
think that we're out to get them. And then we're, you know, we're calling home and we're doing this. Can't do this. Can't do this. Well, that's not why I became a teacher in the first place. And that goes back to explaining being vulnerable with your kids. Like, you know, I, I love you so much. I, I'm going to miss you like crazy. Like one of my favorite things is to see you move on to middle school and use what you've learned in here. But it's all so sad because I don't get to see you anymore. So please come back and visit. So like just frame it in a way that's like, you know, it's 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 showing that you care. And instead of like, stop doing this because I said so, like, I care about you so much to allow you to put yourself in position. So if I'm really hard on them, like I am pretty, pretty hard on them, it's out of love. And it's because I want them to succeed. If I told them, if I don't teach you X, Y, and Z, when you get to middle school, I get in trouble. I don't think I'd really get in trouble, but the PE teacher would probably be like, who'd you have? Why don't you know this stuff? Right? So I'm kind of like showing why I'm doing it and why I'm hard. And then they're like, Oh, that kind of makes sense. Cause middle school is harder. Right. And, um, I think I kind of went off I, a little bit with no, your question. No, but I my brain's going off too. You're you're saying how you would respond to that leading with the the I love you statement, and earlier you're talking about how you're turning a falling hula, hula hoop into like a life lesson, and everything. Mm-hmm. How? What is it about your journey, or is it just who you are as a person in general in all aspects of your life that allows you to be so? emotionally tuned into what you're doing because honestly like that's the kind of teacher that i've always been where i'm i i build the these bonds with these students and i care so deeply about them that i I, like i over invest myself in into this but i don't know like i just it i i've i've let me put it this way i've been getting more involved with like um like community coaching and stuff like that. Like I coached my, my five-year-old in soccer this year and I volunteered to run that program and whatnot. And it was because I was so frustrated seeing adults who were in these roles who just didn't get how privileged they were to be able to mm-hmm. have that kind of impact on so many mm-hmm. young lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't, and they don't get it. And I was like, you have an opportunity to like make a kid's day. And like, mm-hmm. what a magical thing to like be somebody that somebody remembers or, or throughout their life because you chose to care. So, how did you get to this place where this? Because uh, it's it, Kyle. Like, there's so much. Like, there's so much that I see from you that these aren't things that you're pulling from a book. Like, I can tell these are things that are coming from who you are as a person. So, where did that kind of come from? And, and did it? Did, was it? Was there was there any kind of friction at the start of your career in terms of allowing yourself to be that person, or mm. is it just did it just instantly did you instantly connect teaching to being um, in that kind of in that kind of mindset? Yeah, I think gradually it's gotten more and more intense probably over the years because I've learned these strategies and stuff. But I think it's just going back to like every kid des- deserves these lessons, but not every kid's going to get them. And here I am going back to how I'm teaching every student at school. I take that very seriously. I, I don't take it lightly. Um, I want to make sure I do whatever I can to help them and whatever they will have to do. So it's prob you know, probably won't be a professional athlete, right? But what I'm teaching them will open doors for other opportunities, right? I know you talk about why do we have PE because uh, you say something about how it um, just opens doors and it gives them a stepping stone to, to do life's adventures, something mm-hmm. along those lines. But yeah. um, I want them to have... So we talk about how we don't have to do exercises. We get to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, so shifting the mindset, like motivating them, trying to trying to establish some sort of internal motivation um, versus getting these external rewards, um, taking pride in what you do, walking out with your shoulders back, being confident, like 
Those kind of things are going to be useful if you're a doctor, lawyer, whatever the case may be, and are so relevant um, and impactful. Like, and even things that we're not even like today, like where I'm at bus duty, I'm just stretching and I'm doing it because I want to stretch, but also everyone passes me, everyone in the whole school. Yeah. And now they, now these first grader girls are coming down to stretch with me, right? I'm wearing pink because um, I know that some people, um, I've heard some people at recess talk about, they making fun of boys wearing pink. Okay, I'm wearing pink, right? I have a shoe, um, so some of my kids are a little, I don't wanna say spoiled, but maybe not as grateful, so we're really taking pride in teaching that. I have a shoe that has a little hole in it and I wear it and I'm, I tell them I'm, yeah, it has a hole in it, but it still kind of works and I'm grateful to even have shoes. And I show a picture of kids that did, don't have shoes. And so instead of thinking about how they have, they need these Jordans, well, Mr. Bragg is literally wearing pink. He has shoes that with a hole in it, right? I'm eating bananas as I'm walking down the hallway. Like we can make such an impact, not even just what we say, but like the way they see us and like, we're always visible. They're always watching. Like what can we do to make an impact? Obviously, in our PE class, but beyond, right? At recess, they, you know, I walked by recess the other day and they were playing Foursquare. Someone called themselves out and I praised the heck out of that and, and talking about how that saves so much time. And if everyone called themselves out, how, how fun the game would be because there was no wasted time, right? So, I, man, I love talking to you. Holy cow, I'm getting passionate. <laughs> oh, man. No, I just, I don't, I know, we were talking about it before we were, we were saying, like, um, before we started recording that, like, I, I'm on day three of subbing, so I've been in the classroom and whatnot, and what surprised me the most the first day was walking to a school where I knew nobody, I was at a school that I'd never been to before, I had no relationship with, students I'd never met before, and how, like, I instantly fell back into, like, this Mr. Joey persona, that, um, that is very much who I am, but, like, um, it's almost like a caricature of who I am. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm making certain aspects of myself, like more like grandiose because like the, the caring aspects and the connection, like the funniness and, but also like the, the way I'm speaking that like, I don't like, I don't talk in like this, like teaching or podcasty kind of voice all the time. It'd be mm -hmm. draining. But when I'm with kids, <laughs> I'm on, right? Like I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm doing it because it's, I have this opportunity to do so. Um, and I've, I found that when I was teaching that idea of like, like knowing that eyes were on you at all times, um, it was, it was liberating to have that kind of persona and knowing that that's who Mr. Joey is. And I get to be that person during the day. And then at night I can go home and just kind of like chill and like not have to be like that. Although mm -hmm. I am, now that I have kids, yeah. I am, I'm, I'm like yeah, that till yeah. bedtime. <laughs> so thank God my kids go to bed early. But, um, but I also know that some people would find that like really draining, but Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you, I feel like is it something that energizes you knowing that you get to be that that person in the school, you get to be that person in your kids' lives? Yeah, for sure. Um, just seeing, especially when they do things that they don't know that I'm watching, right? So we're teaching kids how to organize their own games, and like you know, someone's got to step up and say, "Okay, this isn't working." You go there, you go there. Cool, cool. Because we talk about there's two reasons why you want to play a game, in my opinion. One, because it's challenging or it's an equal challenge, right? So it's fair. Two, because people are nice that you're playing with. So it, no one wants to win by 100. No one wants to lose by 100. So just, and then I see that at recess the other day. It's like, okay. And then they're organizing that, that themselves because I'm not always going to be there. It's just so rewarding. So that's kind of the stuff that keeps me going a little bit and seeing things that are using beyond class and and whether it's, you know, holding the door open for somebody. we Right when we come in for PE, a lot of times I, sh I have them walk and talk with a shoulder partner about what's good 
what happened good today or what's some good news today? Someone held the door open for me. Somebody shared a cookie with me. Somebody uh, gave me a high five. Somebody checked on me when I was sad, you know, and we talk about how it could be such a small thing, right? Um, and just seeing those, because you can choose to be happy and you can choose to be mad, right? So finding the good in the world, and that goes back to the secret admirer, because they all know that they might, they're going to get picked by somebody. So they're always trying to do their best and then focus on their the other kids' best. And so we're just, man, I could talk forever. Sorry. I got <laughs> I do, I do want to go back to what you were saying though, too, about, um, you were talking about like, you, you have this persona of like, you know, you're creating all this content and stuff and. Um, I do hope that people understand that you're more than just the con. I mean, obviously you're, you're very knowledgeable and, a, and an awesome teacher. So I want, is there a way that people can learn more about how you're teaching as far as what you recommend, not just the, the posters, but your philosophy in general, obviously you have a lot of blogs and stuff, but if you want to maybe share a little, like what you're most proud of as far as, you know, teaching kids and, and what, what the listeners can take from you. Yeah. Just are, you, are you, are you turning the podcasting tables on me here? Um, <laughs> I want to hear yeah. from you. Yeah. You know, you know what? I appreciate that though, because like, uh, I think that like when you're creating content, you wind up like, um, you wind up focusing on certain buckets, I guess. So like some of the buckets that I focus on are like, you know, assessment or, uh, um, social emotional learning, uh, uh, being able to tie things into like that, that why and like physical literacy and living all the adventures and whatnot. Uh, I think one thing that like I don't get to showcase a ton and like you you know if you see like the time I put into the resource like I freaking love teaching I mm -hmm. love being around kids I love like even like right now with the skateboarding I'm doing so I'm volunteering at my son's school I'm I'm with uh, uh John Buston who who's one of the phys ed teachers there who's awesome and um we're I put together like a series of four skateboard lessons and he teaches four to eight and I haven't taught middle school phys ed since like the first year of my my teaching career and even being with middle school students and just getting like I don't know there's so many things that are happening that I feel like if you don't some people just can't aren't, aren't able to tune into like you see that kid who's quietly just doing something that's terrifying to them and not making a big deal about it and going and then, like, to be able to go over and be like, hey, like, awesome job there. Like, I saw you do, like, that toe-side turn. Like, that was sweet. That was the first time you landed it, right? And, like, knowing that they feel seen in that moment mm -hmm. is, like, what a, what a gift to be able to give someone. Mm -hmm. And, like, what, a, what like, I often think, like, like, I didn't, I had crappy phys ed teachers growing up. Like, there's no, there's no phys ed teacher in my life that, like, inspired me to become a phys ed teacher. I wanted to be a teacher and, and kind of like what you were saying before, like, my background led to me wanting to, like, work through physical activity. So phys ed is kind of where I found myself. Um, but, you know, I asked myself, like, how can I be the phys ed teacher that I wish that I was, mm -hmm. that I had when I was a kid um, and, and, and go from there. So I think, like, the, the most important thing to me in my teaching is just, um, care about what you're doing and as much as you can and as much as possible um show you care and just lead with that lead with like like instantly like uh subbing the other day my first day subbing and and teaching uh in over like three years i just pulled all the kids into a circle and be like hey how are we all doing today how are we feeling this is weird like this is a for this is my first time here. You don't know who I am. It's like, can I be real with you? Like, this is kind of terrifying for me. Like, I don't, I don't even know what, what town I'm in right now. This is my first time in this town. Mm -hmm. Like, like going from there and just like having that kind of connection with them. And then 
you know, do ch challenging myself to like know all their names by recess so that I can like when I talk to them, talk to them, refer to them by their name, um, and build that that connection. Like, I just find so much joy in that, knowing that like you know what, like especially like with subbing, like you go into a school. Today I had a half day with the kids because it was early dismissal. I might go into that classroom again at some point. I might never go into that classroom again at some point. Like, why not like make the most of it and and be uh, without like like creating all kinds of crazy games and all that. Like, why not just be like a really positive role model for kids mm -hmm. and and go in and try and make a kid happy and make a kid smile. That like, you don't know what kind of life they're living. You don't know where they're from, mm -hmm. but maybe they might just need that in that moment. And those are the things that I like that drive me the most. Like I, I love, I love, I love dorking out on the curriculum stuff. I love dorking out on the assessment and, and figuring out the best practices and, and, and I'll, I'll geek out on that stuff. But what I really love is, is just getting to have like a positive impact on kids' lives. Um, mm -hmm. Because kids deserve that. I, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy that I see, like it took me, it took me almost eight months to get my teacher certification here. Um, which is fine. I definitely drug my feet for the first couple months, but like the last four months, they could have expedited it. Any hoodle. But knowing that there's a massive teacher shortage and that there's no subs in schools, it was really frustrating because now there's students who are having a much lesser experience um, because of the shortage. And there was strikes here, and there was, the strikes were the they they were the the unions that that went on strike were right for doing so. The people who uh, so the EAs, the librarians, and then later on in the year the custodians. Although that strike didn't happen, they were right for striking. But because we are not prioritizing education, children are paying for it. And I can't mm -hmm. stand that. I can't mm -hmm. stand it because we should be protecting children at all costs. And mm -hmm. they should be growing up in environments where they're able to flourish and thrive. Not be toyed around with due to adults like incapacities to manage education properly. That's a whole other topic. But mm -hmm. it drives me crazy. But all that, all that passion comes from... I freaking love being a teacher and I love working with students and it doesn't matter how old they are. Like it's, it's a real blessing and it's an absolute privilege and it drives me crazy when I see that, um, some adults just refuse to recognize the, the power of the role that they're in. Uh, so yeah. yeah I like how you model asking it. <laughs> no, you're good. I've done that multiple times today. Um, I like how you, mo you mentioned modeling, like, you asking questions, a quick check-in that shows empathy, but then they see an adult doing that. So what are they going to do? More likely to check in with somebody else. Um, and then a lot of times I ask the fifth graders, like when they leave, like, what do they love, you know, most about me just as a, as a teacher, what do you wish would have changed? And, and so many times the fifth graders, like he talks to us, like I'm a human being, wow, right? Like yeah. he just like, so it's cool to like, cause I'm not, you know, I, I want I'm treating them like they're my kids, right? But I'm talking to them normal, like we're just having a, a little dialogue, um, asking them questions, right? So it's, you know, getting on their level, sitting with them, you know? So I think that's, um, I, just, I just thought about when you mentioned that, just modeling how to ask questions, how to be there for somebody, how to, um, so you're not necessarily saying it like, okay, here's how you, they just notice it, right? They're always watching like we talk about. So I like that you, you know, standards are important, like you mentioned, but just check in with kids, right? What, yeah. you know, how can I help? What do you need? And, uh, and give yourself permission to be real, like give yourself permission to be authentic because yes, like it, it's, um, 
like you have responsibilities as a teacher and you you have to uh, you have to make sure you're taking care of those responsibilities um but i find like off oftentimes what i've observed sometimes is the teachers who um struggle with with being who like their authentic selves and i just feel like that's such a weight to carry to like have to like uh always hide the fact that maybe you don't know what to do and maybe you are afraid of the situation you're in and maybe you are having a hard time like to have to hide all of that i'm not saying to like unload all of that on on your students all the time be like mm-hmm. oh my god i'm having such a horrible tuesday everybody like mm-hmm. no, like not be like that but like just let yourself be you like i remember um uh krista smeltzer who is a a friend and a mentor of mine she was the she's now a, a quebec's peachy canada board rep um but i remember early on in my career she said she said something she's like the most important advice i can give you is to just be yourself Mm-hmm. And I was so focused at that point on being like this, like innovative, um, masterful teacher and all that. And like, I look back, like I was a dork in my teaching back then. Like I was like, <laughs> like I was trying way too hard. Um, but just hearing it from somebody that I respected so much and I'll give myself permission to do that. Like, I just wish that for so many more teachers, because that's when, that's when like real magic starts to happen is when mm-hmm. your kids see that the person that's in front of them is is who you actually are and that mm-hmm. that you act when you're saying that you care about them it's because you actually care about them and mm-hmm. you say you want them to thrive and, and succeed it's because you actually want them to thrive and succeed so um mm-hmm. yeah man and sometimes you get emotional i do i mean sometimes i like tear up a little bit um and uh, they're yeah. like i remember i remember i was recording a national board video and i thought it didn't record and i i sat down and in front of second grade i like, started tearing up and someone gave me a hug and said, we got you, Mr. Bragg. And then they, <laughs> then they made me a plaque. Like, like, so instead of like acting like that didn't matter, it did matter in that moment for me. And I'm a human, like I started crying a little bit and then, but they were there for me. So that showed, okay, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be sad. Somebody hopefully is going to be there to pick you up. But if not, you know what, you can, uh, that's why you practice those mantras and those self-talk things, yeah. strategies and, and try to hopefully pick yourself up. But being vulnerable and sharing, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm not the best at this. Can you help me? Right. Can you show me how to do a somersault? Something like that. So, yeah. No, man. Hey, uh, I love it, Kyle. Kyle, I just want to say, man, I just, I appreciate you. And I'm so grateful for um, the platform that you've built for yourself and that you use in such a positive way to be able to share with others and shine a light for others. Um, but most importantly, I'm just grateful that you set such a, uh, an awesome example for being authentic and being caring and being um, strong enough to be able to lead from the heart. So uh, thanks so much for taking uh, the time here tonight. I, uh, I'm i going to wrap up before, before we wrap up. Can you just let people know if people want to connect with you and keep learning from you? Um, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was an honor to be here. It was awesome talking to you and um, it was really cool. So on Twitter is probably the best way it's, at E-L-E-M-P-E-1, at E-L-E-M-P-E-1. So, yeah, shoot me a message. I love collaborating, love talking, teaching, or uh, anything else, really. So I'm happy to connect with you, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, you're, you're pretty hard to miss on Twitter. I don't think they'll have a hard time finding you there. Um, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in here tonight. This is an absolute honor to have Kyle Bragg on the podcast. Uh, we're, we're all incredibly grateful for everything he does, and uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. And Kyle, keep taking good care of yourself, okay? Uh, keep leading the way and keep connecting with those kids because they're they're so lucky to have you, all right? Um, Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you. I, I really appreciate this. Take care.
So that's it for this episode of the Phys Ed Show podcast. If you found value here, here are a few ways that you can share that value with others as well. First off, be sure to follow Kyle on Twitter. His handle again is at LMPE1. That's E-L-E-M-P-E and the number one. Second, be sure to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. And if possible, leave a review that will help others want to listen in as well. I love reading the reviews that people leave for the show, and I know that they go a long way in helping other people make the decision to add the Fizet Show into their weekly podcast rotation. Finally, let me know on Twitter what your takeaways were from today's episode. You can hit me up on the physicaleducator.com's account, which is at phys underscore educator. That's P-H-Y-S underscore E-D-U-C-A-T-O-R. Once again, I just want to say thank you for the time, energy, and attention that you committed to this week's episode. I know that everyone has so, so much on their plates these days. So trust me when I say that making some space to listen in here means the world to me. Everyone, this has been a blast. Thanks again, Kyle, for being on the show here today. And thank you for all of you to, for tuning in. Once again, my name is Joey Fight from the physicaleducator.com. Thanks for listening and happy teaching.